Good morning, Atlanta. We're back. It's ATLN's United Podcast. I'm a slightly under the weather, Blake DeMarchman. I'm joined by my uh, enthusiastic co-host. Bright and sunshiny ATL Joe. Like I said, we're ATLN's United Podcast. This is actually, Joe, our 31st episode. We, uh, we got DC coming up this weekend, Sunday night. It's a long weekend. It's a holiday weekend. No reason to not be hyped up for that one. We're going to break down our continued fathering, as Joseph Martinez said, of Orlando. Talk to you about what Tata's doing tactically. And just catch you up on everything in Atlanta that you need to know about going into Dragon Con weekend. It's ATLN's United Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Woo! As always, fans, first-time listeners, casual listeners, give us a five-star for the five stripes. The ratings help us out, and we really love them. And going on in the news this weekend, what a wonderful week to be in Atlanta. We got Dragon Con coming to town. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I am so excited for this. And one thing, if you're not even just going to go attend, one thing that's really cool to go see is the Dragon Con Parade. And it's a free event. Just go downtown. And some of the best costumes that you see ever in your life will be parading around the town during Dragon Con. It's, it's some sight to see. It's great. It's the best people watching time of the year. If you're not into costumes or drunken people running around in costumes, I would probably stay away from downtown Atlanta this weekend. Just just a, a, you know, pro service announcement for anyone in Atlanta. I just think, you know, people watching, fantastic, but it might not be everyone's cup of tea. But I'm pumped about it. It's going to (laughs) be hilarious. Dragon Con is always fun. Yeah, I've never dressed up for it, but I've always dreamt about doing it. Maybe one day I will. Or I might this this year I might throw on uh we got either the Gresselmania cape or the Braguzan cape and I'll throw on the Gresselmania and run around town and be the Gresselmania Avenger. That's that's the best costume that our podcast would possibly create. But that might be a better one. I've heard you know, one of our great sponsors, Chuck. I know we've talked about Chuck on the show before. He does all of our gear, Phantomaniacs, fantastic stuff. You guys get on the website, check it out. He can uh, he can create pretty much anything content-wise. He's created all of our podcast stuff, the Gresselmania flag you guys have seen, our giant Brad flag. But, you know, he also does a bunch of Dragon Con themed stuff. Isn't that right, Joe? Yeah, I saw Chuck. Last year's costume was insane. He's a big Game of Thrones fan, and he did the dude that got his eyes gouged out. Oh, by, by the mountain? By the mountain, yeah. I think he was a, he was a thorn, or is that what they're called? I'm One not of really snake sure. Guys. Oh, I'm, I can't believe I can't remember the name, but his costume was on point. He even had his blood-gushed eyes bounced out, and he was dressed in gold. It was so, so good. I believe <laughs> so. it's uh, Oberyn Martell 
That's it's it. The other in. character. <laughs> yes, uh, but we, we are still a soccer podcast, guys. Not a Game of Thrones podcast. We'll get back on to soccer. Clint Dempsey, we lost a, a legend of U.S. soccer this week. He has retired. Uh, he was a current Seattle Sounders player. Retires at 35 years old. About that retirement age. USA. 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 Uh, you know, he's not he's not dead or anything. Don't pour one out for Clint. But I'll drink a beer to Clint. Definitely, Dempsey. if you guys have been soccer fans in this country for a long time, you will always remember rapping Clint Dempsey and his goal in the World Cup and, and all the things he's done for our country. Yeah, he is the co-leader of most goals scored by U.S. men's national team up there with Landon Donovan. I really wish he could have been the solo leader, but uh, he's an idol of mine. I, I I grew up watching him, and he just constantly scoring goals. and And something really cool about him, he kind of played a different way than other people. He doesn't never had top end speed like you would expect from most strikers. Yeah. He was the guy that could find that dead space and was always in the right spot at the right time and made a career at finding the open space and scoring off of it. We're going to miss you, Deuce. You know, you mentioned Landon Donovan. It's funny that they're both now retired and and they both had fit what is it 57 57 goals total for the USA. Uh, moving on to a young USA international prodigy and he's actually was one of our own, uh, Zion Jones an academy product from Atlanta, Atlanta United Academy prospect, and he actually signed with the German team Schalke this week. His first pro contract, he just turned 18, so he was eligible for that. They might loan him back to the States. They might loan him to another European team for his continued development. I know we're going to miss this guy, Joe, but this is great news for our club. We are starting to feed players into Europe and I, I couldn't be more excited. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, first off, I really I want to say a congratulations to Zion Jones. That is huge to get a huge contract going to a big European league. It hurts a little bit because I really wanted to see another one of our kids raised through the system, like a Chris Goslin and Andrew Carlton. Uh, but, but he's going on and making big moves, and he's going on to – progress his future and as you said he might be able to be loaned back to the u.s well we're creating good relationships here with different teams around the league and so they poached one of our guys maybe we can poach one of theirs in the future or they would be willing to loan us a player kind of like tottenham did with us last year in anton walks so creating these relationships are the way to go and the fact that he's a u.s prospect let him there maybe he can get more minutes and maybe he can even break into the first team and it would help Help our country. So the, all of this is really good news. Congratulations to the young kid. I was really looking forward to you playing for the first team in Atlanta one day. But if this is where your career takes you, then best of luck to you. Well, you know, there's another young U.S. player for Shaka, McKinney. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Oh yeah, definitely. But, you know, he's going to have a another U.S. player around his age going into a German club. I think what I wanted to hit on, Joe, just briefly, and my takeaway from this move is a lot like you said, relations with Europe, I think is going to be huge. And we have a esteemed front office currently in terms of internationally, people know names like Tata Martino. They know names like Carlos Bocanegra, who played all over the globe, U.S. international, but they also know Darren Eels, who comes over from England, his experience with Tottenham. And his impact, he was probably working deals with these same clubs 
week in and week out. And now he's in the States as an ambassador for our country, an ambassador for our club. And I would love nothing more than to be on great terms with all the top European clubs. So I think this is a great first step, hopefully the first of many. And you're right, it could go both ways. It's not like Europe's just going to take all our best players. There's a lot of players in the European leagues that are excellent talents that don't get the playing time because those leagues are such a top tier of talent. And who knows, we might that might open it up to, like you said, you scratch our back you know, and, and bringing in some talent on our team that we could maybe have on loan, like Walks last year. So really exciting to see this go through. Let's get to players on our team currently. Let's talk about the one player that no one can stop talking about. Oh, Joseph Martinez. He, bro- oh, he broke it. Joseph Martinez. He broke it, and he broke it looking oh, back. Joseph Martinez. Looking back at Ben Dick like he just fathered him. And I'm, I'm referring to Joseph's quote after the game when someone asked him about the rivalry, and he said, he said, Joe, that... You know, they play out like every time they play us, they play against the game of their lives. And we just continue to father them. Obviously, Orlando has not beaten us uh, yet. Oh, what a burn! It's a burn coming from Joseph, especially because he, he's out there strutting around like a dad over his, uh, his children that is Orlando. And his soccer ball. Did you see he was pregnant the week before Orlando? Yeah. He then he gave birth to the world record MLS breaking goal. Yeah. Uh, we thought maybe that Joseph's girlfriend or wife, I, I found out he doesn't have a wife, was pregnant with his goal celebration the previous week when he, you know, stuffed the soccer ball underneath his jersey, causing him to look slightly pregnant. Maybe that's what he was referring to is like this record is pregnant. Like the record's about to pop. <laughs> I'm about to give birth. That's exactly what he was referring Brilliant to. Brilliant insight, Joe. Brilliant. In, in, how incredible is this? You guys are have witnessed history, and it's still in the making. We are watching the greatest ever MLS goal scorer, and he's still got plenty of games to go to push on, be the first to hit 30, and there's no way it's gonna someone's going to stop him. Like He's going for it, and he's going to get there. This is incredible. So sit back and enjoy the ride. And hopefully this leads us to multiple trophies this season. And this is one of the, no, this is the most exciting team in the MLS to watch. And I am so glad to be a part of it. We'll get to, uh, to more of Joseph and record shattered a little bit later. Uh, I, I think the last thing I will say about Joseph in terms of this evening in Orlando that he broke the record you know, hitting 28 goals is that we have so many games left in the season. I really could see him taking this record to a point that it will never be broken because he's got a lot of goals left in him. And I'm, I'm really excited. Couldn't be more pumped to watch Joseph finish out the season. Uh, what do you think, Joe? I mean, is it something that we will ever see a season like this in the MLS again? Well, if Joseph Martinez stays on Atlanta United, <laughs> I very well think he could go out and try to break his own record like he always does. He's, he's a cool guy. <laughs> I like Joseph. So if Joseph can stay around, I, I he can probably he's already set the bar so high, he's got a chance to set it even higher next year. And what's to say that he won't? Atlanta's going to keep growing their team, going to keep adding pieces. And from what we've seen from the front office so far, they just keep getting better and better. And they they are attracting the hot young talent. And 
any talent. They're attracting everybody. Anybody coming to MLS wants to play in Atlanta. That's how it should be. May it long continue. Let's move on. Did you read that Arthur Blank interview that was on AJC? Honestly, I, I read through it, and I thought it was incredible insight into his mind and how he views our club. And if you guys haven't checked it out, it, it was a really great article by Doug Roberson of the of the AJC, and, and he just kind of broke down what Arthur Blank, our fantastic owner, long-term vision really is for this. Uh, a couple interesting things just to touch on really briefly is he said Joseph Martinez loves Atlanta. He's been to Europe. I don't think his experience was great there. He's a hero here. He likes living here. But soccer is a global game, and we hired Darren Eels because unlike the NFL, which is the pinnacle of American football, MLS is not yet the pinnacle of soccer in the world. And it's just cool to hear our owner, Arthur Blank, talking about why our developmental teams are academy teams, and that's why developing our own talent and bringing along our own talent that's what Darren and Tata have done and what Carlos has done. So what, we, what I touched on earlier, Arthur Blank's kind of echoing it. And he's saying, we want to develop our club globally for the future. And, and that, that, that's a great perspective. And how lucky we are, again, to have Arthur Blank as an owner. He came in couple years back for the Atlanta Falcons and then he brought up Atlanta United as his other child and he has done such great things for the city I I am just so proud to be part of it uh, you know he hasn't done anything to hurt us yet but Blake tell me who's hurting injury report injury 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 report You know, Tata obviously listens to the show every week, Joe, and we were kind of running out of injuries for a while. Everyone was just getting healthier. Things were looking great. We were going into Orlando. I thought all we were doing was waiting on Nagby and Garza to get back, and we were set for the rest of the season. But someone was missing from the lineup, and his name is not Pablo Escobar. It's old Franco Escobar. It's Franco Escobar. I think Tata pulled a fast one last week after we were saying that he he likes to use our lineups in this in his games and he thought our lineup was great but he wanted to challenge himself to see if he can make it even better and knock out an important piece and I think he has a mysterious injury to to Escobar. I don't know if this is as mysterious as Vasquez's injury uh, which might have been a bruised ego from last week. But Escobar had a random injury in training. He is listed as week-to-week, week, which is worse than day-to-day. Day. Apparently, it was a quad strain. Missed the Orlando game. Uh, other news, Chris Gosselin is day-to-day day with an ankle injury. Gosselin probably not going to get a lot of playing time this year just due to our midfield depth. We got, you know, we got Nagby coming back. Remedy's been a great acquisition. He's played fantastic. Yeah. And- but Escobar is is really really disturbing because our most depleted line has been our defense in terms of injuries we've already lost obviously you know for most of the season greg garza mm-hmm. Mike, escobar was supposed to be our right back mikey ambrose mikey is down, ambrose is down. Uh, it, we just, it just keeps going on and 
yeah, there's another big injury. All jokes aside, Escobar has been one of the best guys on the right side. All as an outside back, he brought in. He's been incredible for us, and he's even bringing some to the attacking side. But this is something we'll talk about a little bit later when we get to the tactics part of the section. But I think Gresselmania got a chance to shine. And we'll get into what we our opinions on Gressel back there. Uh, other than that, though, we're really looking at who are we going to have at right back and left back as a backup. We don't even have a natural right back or left back in our starting lineup currently. We have some makeshift players that we start against Orlando. They both used to be kind of like left and right-sided midfielders. At one point, obviously, McCann was a center back during the season. Escobar's played that center back role. We're looking a little thin at center back. Knock on your wooden hammer that nothing happens to any of our starting center backs because our, our, our back line is starting to look really depleted. But enough with injuries. We'll keep you guys updated as we hear more. I would not expect Escobar this upcoming Sunday in D.C., but let's recap that wonderful record-breaking night down in Trashlando. And what a wonderful night it was. We we just put some more trash into the Orlando fill. Orlando fill. It was it was good. Break, breaking records came out. I thought for the most part we dominated the game. We controlled possession. We controlled the game. They came out and gave a, a really good fight. They they were out there rowdy. They were coming. Their fans filled up the stadium, although I think it may have been 30% Atlanta United fans, maybe more closer to 40%. But they did fill out that stadium, so it was, a, it was a good atmosphere. Props to Orlando for that, just to come and watch Atlanta United play at their second home. And special shout-out to some of the Atlanta fans that I got to see on ESPN. I was obviously watching on a television set. I wasn't there at the game, but there were a couple kids wearing full King outfits. The Little Kings of the South. I don't know if you saw them on TV, Joe. Fantastic. Uh, There was a guy that when Joseph scored, just stood up in the middle of of everyone with uh, the king has arrived uh, on a scarf. scarf. Yeah, Yeah, the king has arrived. He was wearing a peach kit. So I don't know who you are, random people or incredible parents who dressed your children up as kings, uh, the, the Little Kings of the South. But thank you to all of our traveling support. I just wanted to say this really briefly. When they panned to our fan section after Joseph scored that goal, it, it gave me chills. It gives me chills right now just talking about it because that was that was like that 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 passion on the road in enemy territory. To me, that's what made me fell in love with soccer. So I, I and Joseph Martinez paid homage to it too. He scores the goal on our side, the fan section side of the field, runs over to them, rips his shirt off, and holds his shirt up to the fans, and they were loving it, going crazy. And you could even see like the supporter section up top was going nuts, and you could see there was like ten people here, three people there, one or two people assorted into the crowd of a bunch of sad Trashlando fans, and Joseph Martinez is just sitting there stone cold with his shirt up, and that was amazing. That was what Messi did, you know, and he like kind of labeled it when he ripped his shirt off and held up. Messi after he scored against Real Madrid a couple years back. Joseph Martinez, we cannot say enough about this guy. 
Yeah. But there was a lot of other great moments in this game and a lot of other great players. Well, on that play, Joseph Martinez got his first yellow card of the season. That's something to note there. I, I was kind of surprised that I looked back. I was like, man, I wonder if he's getting in yellow card accumulation. No, that was his very first yellow card, and it was in excessive celebration, which is kind of a load of of nonsense. <laughs> did I you can't see him they did fist that. bump the referee? As the referee gave him the yellow card, the referee pulled out the yellow. I must have missed that. Joseph was putting it back on, and Joseph just gave him like a little, I know. I know I got a yellow. (laughs) I just broke the scoring record for this league. Way to go, Joseph. I'm the coolest guy in this league, and I don't care. Give me the yellow. Yeah, it matches my hair. He might, he might, you might have a point there. He might try to go yellow card yellow. Oh, That'd be a little bright. I don't think he needs to change his hair right now since he's in such stellar form. He needs to keep his hair going as he's done for most of the season because of his hair, as you said at the very beginning of the season, correlates to how well he's playing on the field. Yeah, no hair watch this week. Uh, We'll have one coming up if and when the time is right. Let's talk about LGP. Just became a dad. Scores one for his daughter. And way to go. LGP gets... Was that his first goal of the season? It was. He's been trying hard to just take on the entire team's dribbling from the back line. But he scores a goal in true center back fashion off of a set piece. A ball played in, well played in by Barco. He's back. Barco is back. Barco, come back. And he did. And he put in an assist. So getting stats on his on upon his return to the lineup. So way to go, Barco. To get you put the ball in a very nice, well played ball in there, but LGP was the real star of that. He forced his way in there and won the ball over everybody, and he he got the goal. And it was kind of a he won the ball when it was just bouncing around, bobbling at the end. But he was the first one there to get the rebound. It was a very LGP like goal. It was scrappy. It wasn't always pretty, but it got the result we needed that was the ball in the net that's like him his play style a lot of times it's scrappy it's not always beautiful sometimes he takes some guys out he picks up some cards but he always gets the job done lgp and it's a 50 50 ball and lgp is one of the guys that wins majority of those 50 50 balls when he is near the area he just wanted it more let's talk about another record that people aren't talking about because they're so enamored with the goal scoring record let's talk about the record for most consecutive games scored we're not this podcast isn't just about joseph martinez we promise but you can't stop talking about this guy if he scores this next game against dc he will break the mls record for most consecutive games scoring a goal that is insane as well it'll put him at 10 in a row that's incredible he just tied the record against orlando which is cool and so he's got another chance now to break another record and he can just continue his unbeatable form i gotta see what his fifa player card is because at the moment you know they give you upgrades every time you get a player of the week he should be at a 99 by now (laughs) it's like it's incredible well he got a special edition card for uh, ultimate team i think it put him in at 88 which is incredibly high probably the highest for an mls player ever. that's blasphemy he needs to be in the 90s for how well he's been playing still uh still incredible work from joseph continue breaking records we're behind you the whole city's behind you like i said you're the coolest guy in the mls you're the coolest guy in atlanta right now so after he scored his his goal he hopped over ben dick with that beautiful chip and then he turned around 
and stared him in the face, and then you could see him mumbling. He probably wasn't mumbling. I just couldn't see it through the TV. What do you think he said to Ben Dick right there? I have no idea, but the only thing I know is that he didn't need to say anything. That stare was worth a thousand words. That was the coolest stare since that poster that everyone has of Muhammad Ali staring down that dude after he just knocked him out. He had Cyclops eyes with the laser beams just going straight through Bendy. He just said, uh, he, he basically summed up, he, he did not need words there. He just needed to stare him down. I want a snapshot of that moment on my wall in my bedroom. I got to figure out a way to turn that into a high quality image. Probably look great on a flag. Maybe a TIFO in the future. Let's talk to Chuck about that one. I'm telling you, Joseph staring down Bendick was my favorite moment in Atlanta United history. I'm not exaggerating. It even topped Vijalba's stunner in Orlando last year. That was my favorite moment in Atlanta history. Not only does he break the MLS goal scoring record on ESPN, prime time, he turns around and stares down the goalie. Totally, totally pimps it. Joseph, thank you for creating the most iconic Atlanta United moment in my memory. <laughs> Sorry, I got dramatic there. It was just, it was beautiful. No, I just wish there was a little music playing behind you while you were saying that. Titanic music? Yeah. <laughs> but there were other people on the team that had incredible games. All homage to Joseph Martinez breaking the record. There was something of the lineup that came out, and Julian Gressel was playing as a right back. Something that we've been talking about all season long, kind of daring Tata to put Julian Gressel as the right back. And then the one episode where I was like, no, Tata won't do that. He doesn't like to put Gressel back at the right back, so I'm not even going to say it. He defies me and puts Gresselmania back there. And I thought he played incredible. Swiss Army Knife, Gresselmania. And you're right. He's never played that full right back in a part of a back four. You know, we've seen him in, in the, when we've played to three defenders, he kind of drops back as like a fifth defender because him and McCann have played as those wingbacks. When we still had Ambrose healthy, they were playing as wingbacks. But he played fantastic as a, as a right back. Hats off to our Swiss Army Knife, Gresselmania. This guy can play anywhere on the field. Let's put him at striker next game. Why not? Because uh, we got Joseph Martinez. Oh, that's right. We got so. that guy. Cool. Well... I guess we'll have to wait till next year to see Gresselmania play striker, you know. Or Gresselmania could play goalie next week, maybe. Either way, let's put Gresselmania at right back for now. See how it goes. And to that, I need a beer. Beer of the week! Every week. Yeah, and this week we got a new one for you. Uh, it's coming from Ironmonger Brewing Company. Ironmonger. It's uh, Quench. German Pilsner, and it's in honor of Gresselmania, who just is that Swiss army knife, and he just quenches your thirst for a new position. Let's spike it home, Joe. Let's grab my golden spike and my hammer. See if I can spike this in very well for you guys. All right. A-T-L. This is the coolest can I have ever seen. Ever? I know this is a podcast and you guys aren't looking at this can, but it has a man raising a hammer in his right hand with a spike in his left. There's never been a more fitting beer to spike in. Quench, just like Julian Gressel has quenched 
every position that Tata has thrown at him. This guy, this guy kind of looks like Gressel. Anyways, you guys check it out. Ironmonger Brewing Company. This guy looks like Gressel if he had grown up like a 40-year-old Gressel and he decided to shave his head. And he's got the hammer and the spike, which is just so so epic. And it it's a good-tasting beer. It almost tastes a little malty. Uh, it's got a good pilsner taste but it's not it's not light on the on that end it's got you can definitely taste like some malty hops in there again this is out of marietta georgia ironmonger and think about quench how they describe it it's a crisp satisfying beer made to strict german purity law standards i have no idea what those standards are but i guarantee that gressel would hit all of them yes <laughs> gressel hits every single standard there is in the world this is a fantastic beer. It's a German beer. You guys check out Ironmonger. Thanks for being our beer of the week. The Quench German Pilsner. I'm not sure if Tatar Martino likes German beer, but I think that we need to bring in and talk Tata's tactics. Yeah, Tata, what are you doing to me? I put up a nice lineup thinking that that's what you're going to go with. And then you just defy all odds and you go out and put this wonderful lineup that I would love to see again and again and again. WrestleMania coming out as that right back, as we've mentioned all episode long, was great. Ezekiel Barco coming back in and he makes the start playing up top, left wing, and you got Vijalba on the right wing. That, that was phenomenal and joseph martinez always up front miggy always in the middle and remedy who has been one of the best signings that we've had has just been incredible in the middle as a defensive force not afraid to push up and have a great link up play with the rest of the team and then they always saw solid jeff lorenowitz there's going to be a very big question to ask when Darlington Nagby is fit and ready to go. Is he going to be able to break the solid lineup in the middle where you've got Remedy and Lorenowitz who have been playing incredible? Like Darlington Nagby started off the season as arguably our best player right in that center of the field. It, it, it's something you have to beg the question. Like He's going to have to earn his spot back in. And I said last week with Darlington, I know I'm going on a mini rant here, but with Darlington Nagby, he's on his way back and he was two to three months out. And I think after the road trip is when you're going to start seeing him come back into the lineup with about four games left until playoffs. And so that's when he's going to earn the spot. And maybe it's a time to rest Lorenowitz or Remedy. Maybe not. And we'll see who that threesome, who's going to be on the bench. I totally agree with you on so many levels i thought this lineup was fantastic from tata so first off shout out to tata for realizing that gressel can play right back as part of a back four we've kind of clamored about it before obviously this isn't the scenario you want you don't want to not have a left back or a right back available on your team and i think we have to talk about that this is not good this is not good that we are starting two midfielders at our left and right back positions this deep into the season we've lost two left backs to serious injury garza might make it back for the playoffs we brought in a right back and escobar in the offseason to solidify that position because walks was on loan last year and went back to europe 
And Escobar is week to week. That's worse than day to day. Gressel can fill in this position. Thank God we have the depth that we do this year. But I still feel a little uncomfortable with Gressel as our starting right back. I just don't know if this is what we want rolling in the playoffs. I think we got to get Escobar healthy and we got to get Garza back to really make a run at the cup. And 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 you know, it time will tell. Time will tell. And I, I I do agree with you. I think that our midfield has the best depth right now, hands down. I think that once Nagby's healthy, Larry, like I said, is gonna need rest at some point. The guy is older than Clint Dempsey, right? And Clint Dempsey just retired, so Larry's going to need. He's not older. He's not older than Clint Dempsey. How, how old is Larry? Thirty-four. Larry's thirty-four. Okay, so but he, he'll be turning thirty-five very shortly ne- before next season begins. So. Like I said, he's getting up totally there. wrong. I guess what I'm getting at is Larry's going to need some rotation. I think Parkhurst will need rotation at some point because Parky got hurt at the end of last year, and that set us back. He's the same age as Larry, And too. I'd love to have Escobar healthy to swap in another center back there because Escobar can rotate between right back and center back. So I'm a little concerned. But, yeah, Blake, with your concern, one thing I saw on that right <laughs> side with Gressel was the connection between Gresselmania and Tito Vichalba on Ooh, that good right point. side. Good point. Which that led up to Joseph's breaking goal was Gressel to Tito. Tito makes a move. Gressel makes a run. Passes it back to Gressel. He passes it to Joseph Martinez and Martinez scores. And that duo and they were doing that a lot during the game reminded me a lot of the Garza to Yamil Assad on the other side of the, of the team last year. That was a very wonderful attacking threat. Well, this reminded me that on steroids because you have two of our best attacking wingers playing on the right wing together, and they're now they have two years together. They've played a lot together, and they know how each other plays. If we see another game with Tito and Gressel playing that right wing together, I'm telling you they're going to have both multiple points in the game being whether they get multiple assists or goals. You're right. It was a flashback to last year in the Garza-Assad connection if you just flipped it on a mirror and said on the right side because those overlapping runs allowing players to make diagonal cuts inside. And to me, I think that Vijaba, I think the Tito plays better on the right-hand side. I know he's had some success playing inverted and playing on that left-hand side and cutting in. But he's just so smooth on the right. He's skilled enough with his left, like the goal that we saw where he made that long run two games ago with his left foot. He can finish with his left. He can finish with his right. And his connection with Gressel was fantastic. I couldn't agree with you more, Joe. I would love to see this going into the playoffs and even finishing out the season. If that's what we got to do, if Escobar's day-to-day, week-to-week, I love it. And we got more players taking shots outside the box. One guy to mention against Orlando, Lorenowitz takes another shot on target, looking good outside the box. He keeps firing firing shots after shots outside the box, which is what we need to kind of open things up. But I think he's also doing it in the back of his mind, trying to put a, a screamer into the net. So Tata's like, well, maybe I should keep Larry in the lineup. I, I think rotation's going to be crucial down the stretch. And I think that, and I've said it before, Joseph's season is fantastic. We're going to need some other goal-scoring threats to finish out this Supporter Shield run and to really run into the cup with a chance to win it. We're going to have to get some goals from other places. Joseph can't do it all on his own. I would love to see our midfield pump in some goals. I'd love to see Tito 
get his goal tally up a little bit because we know he can score. We know he can finish. He even played as a striker when Joseph was hurt last year. Yeah. I would also like to challenge one little boat, Mr. Barco, to put a few more in the back of the net before the season's over. We're going to need goals from all angles, goals from all sides, but I love our front four with Miggy pushing up into that front four. I love our midfield and how it's looking with Remedy. Best acquisition of the offseason, in my opinion, in terms of timing. With Nagby's injury, obviously did not want that to happen, but Remedy has been stellar. And long may this continue. Defense is where I'm worried, not even worried, slightly concerned. I think we got some great Swiss Army tools back there to hold it down at left and right back, but I would like to see Garza and Escobar get healthy as we approach the end of the season. And that's a good point. Another final point I want to bring up on Tata's tactics is with Tata Martino's playing style, those left and right backs constantly bombing up the field and getting into the attack, that may be the best position to lack true position depth where we have such good midfielders that can kind of swing out and still play a technically midfield position because they're going up and down the field yeah walks we saw last year struggled a lot because he wasn't a necessarily midfield style player which is what tata likes out on left and right back and everyone would groan every time walks would cross it he was a great defender. He scored some crucial goals for us with his head. Uh, but, you know, Anton, we hope you're doing really well at Portsmouth, I believe is where he's still at in England. They love him over there. But it was just not the best fit for Tata's style. Gressel, Escobar, Garza, McCann, they can all get it done, bomb up and down the wings, do those overlapping runs with the wingers, and then swing in crosses, which, you know, all, all our man at the front, number seven, needs is a half second with the ball in the right spot. And he's better than anyone in the league, Joseph, at getting into those goal-scoring positions. Let's and, just put and, some balls into the box for him. And Gressel's better than anyone on our team, I believe, at crossing the ball from a, any position in the midfield. Chris McCann is close in that argument. So we got two of our better strikers of the ball. Maybe if one of them gets hurt, Kevin Kratz would be the next fill-in as left or right back just because he can strike the ball so pure. So, again, I, I am excited tactically to see what Tata does the rest of the season. Knock on your wooden hammer once more that we stay healthy and have no more injuries. But at the same time, thankful that we got the depth we do. Honestly, Joe, I think we need to go and we need to talk about Sunday night. It's before a holiday it's going to be a hype game. It's going to be like a Saturday night atmosphere. 7.30, another national TV audience. Let's preview DC United. That's right. 7.30 Eastern, Sunday night, Fox Sports 1. I am a little bit concerned about this game, but DC is coming off of... A loss at home to the Philadelphia Union midweek on Wednesday night. And I really thought they were catching a great run of form here, Joe. But one of Atlanta's favorites, our first ever MLS goal scorer, was out on Wednesday night with an injury. Yamil Assad, Mm -hmm. who now plays for D.C., This is the only other team besides Orlando that we play three times this year. So you might feel like we've already done a bunch of DC United previews if you guys have been listening to the show for a while. We're not going to hammer on what DC's key players are. Obviously, newest acquisition, Wayne Rooney, has had a tremendous impact. 
but DC's a team that is fighting for its playoff life. What's your take here, Joe? Well, it's interesting because coming in to last week, if we had done the show last week and we were about to play them, I would have been maybe a little nervous. DC had won, not won, but unbeatable for five straight games. They were four wins and one tie. Yeah. Then they go to New York, Red Bulls, play a very good game against them, but they ended up losing that game. Blew so many chances. Blew a ton, a ton of chances. And then they have a midweek game, which kind of plays to our favor, where they've been playing a very compact schedule. But the midweek game against the Philadelphia Union, who's trying to hold on to a playoff spot themselves, they're solidifying themselves at at fifth and maybe even trying to push for a fourth-place spot. Uh, And Philadelphia just decides to go into D.C., who they've only lost one game up until that point, and that was the week previous. In their new stadium. In their new stadium. And overall at home. Right. So... Philadelphia goes in and New York goes in and beats DC, who was surging on and didn't. They just sweep all their momentum away, and now they've got to play Atlanta United, who is one of the best road teams in the league, who is holding the lead in the well, who theoretically by points per game is holding the lead in the Supporters Shield standings. And Atlanta, I think is going to come into this game being the hotter team. DC is going to be fighting for their playoff lives, but they're going to be sulking a little bit. They, they, it's a must-win game for them, but they've had two back-to-back games that are clearly need-to-win games, and they did not succeed. They were on fire. They were looking like they were making an Atlanta United-like run from last year. You know, build a stadium in the middle of the season like we did have a huge stretch of games. That's why they're playing these back-to-back-to-back games is because they had to backload their schedule because their stadium construction wasn't finished. And this is going to be a game that I still think they show up for. We cannot talk about how well Acosta has played this year because he has single-handedly resurrected them. His connection with Wayne Rooney has been tremendous. Rooney coming in with his veteran leadership, captaining the team. Obviously, everyone that knows soccer knows Wayne Rooney knows that you know he has had some questionable relations with he's a fat granny shagger anyways a fat granny shagger wayne rooney he's a fat granny shagger has really really he's a fat granny shagger put dc back in the playoff hunt at the same time i think that acosta is the glue that is keeping this team going He's binding this team together, and Bill Hamid is a great, great goalkeeper. I, I think this is still going to be a really tough game for us, especially possibly on our back line. I'm a little concerned about the idea of Gressel and McCann chasing around Rooney and Acosta. I think our midfielders, especially our defensive midfielders, with Larry and Remedy, are going to have to step it up, maybe even isolate Acosta at some point. I would love to see Remedy just follow Acosta all over the field. No matter where Acosta goes, Eric Remedy goes. Because he, to me, is the most dangerous player in terms of creation. He's their version of Miguel Almiron, if you will. And he just creates. Rooney can put in the back of the net. Rooney blew a couple chances recently uh, in some games. But so, like yeah. you said, we're, 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 we have the most points per game. We are in the driver's seat to win the Supporter Shield. Despite New York having that game, or we have a game in hand on New York, New York Red Bulls have played a game more than us. We can retake that top spot in the Supporter Shield standings if we get the job done on Sunday night. 
And so we got uh, you mentioned their top players in Acosta and Rooney connection there. That is really great. But one thing, I mean, you briefly mentioned it, but that you didn't really go in depth into is Yamil Assad. After that New York game, he he got hurt. Sorry, not after. During the New York game that they played last weekend, right? He got hurt. They took him off the field, checked him, and if you if you remember Assad from last year, every time he got taken off the field for injury, he forced his way back in. They, he said, no, you're not going to sub me. I'm playing. He tried to do the same here against New York Red Bull, and he could not finish the game, which if Assad cannot finish the game, you know there's something wrong because he has that heart and that drive to constantly push through. And then he misses this game against D.C. on the official injury report on MLS.com. And it's a, a sprained ankle. So there's a very, very high chance that Yamil Assad is not playing against Atlanta United. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say he's not going to go play. And he has been a very constant playmaker and player on that team all year long. He is not Luciano Acosta or Wayne Rooney. But he's right there at their level, and he creates a ton of chances. He's up there in assist leading. He's up there in goal scoring. He's in the top three on both categories for their team. This is a huge loss for DC. It's really, I think, what killed their momentum. He gets he goes off against Red Bulls. They end up losing that game. They fall apart at home on Wednesday night against the Union. Union put in two goals against them. DC only gets three shots on target the entire match. So, obviously, they're missing Yamil Assad's attacking presence. They had to replace Yamil Assad with Zoltan Steiber, who has played a lot for DC, and he's had some good, some bad games. But it, it is not a a one-for-one one. replacement. He just doesn't bring the same tenacity, the same speed, and the same hustle that Yamil Assad brings to the table. Yeah, and we've talked about it a little bit. I just want to kind of catch our fans up. You know, as as of this podcast getting released, the toughest thing is is that we do have in MLS. You know, certain teams get ahead of teams in games played. Red Bulls have retaking the lead in total points against us, but we have that game in hand. But then Red Bulls play again on Saturday against against Montreal, so it could get kind of skewed. Red Bulls after Saturday will actually have played two more games than we have played in terms of total games played. Then on Sunday, we'll have the chance to get one of those back. They could build a little cushion here, rolling into Sunday at the top, but don't let it fool you. We still have the higher points per game average. If we win our games and take care of business, Atlanta United is in the driver's seat to win the Supporter Shield, and I still think it's all going to come down to that match in New York against the Red Bulls to decide the Shield. Everyone already has it circled on their calendar, and if you haven't, go ahead and pull your schedule out and put a big red circle around that New York Red Bull versus Atlanta United game because that very well could be the deciding match for the Supporter Shield standings. And Atlanta United may go in with the advantage only having to come out with, at, at worst, a draw, but hopefully a win. And if you don't have your calendar in front of you, you can just remember this. It's Sunday, September the 30th, and it's at 1 p.m., and it's going to be for the shield in my opinion i think it's all coming down to this because the red bulls are still an incredibly strong squad so this is this is really great we got a lot of exciting stuff coming up i hope all of you are ready to watch this game over the weekend it's a labor day weekend so you know that stadium is going to be 
semi-packed. Semi- more than it's more DC. than usual. <laughs> hey, we gonna, might have some Atlanta fans traveling. Yeah, I know we got some. We may even break the record for most traveling fans to a game. Uh, I know you you've got a friend going to the game. We got a friend of the podcast that's going to be there in attendance, and she is going to hold it down. I'm sure she will start many. He's big. He's tall. He's a mother. It's the end of our show. I'm Blake the Marshman. I'm ATL Joe. Thanks, guys, for letting us borrow your ears. See you next week. Thank you.